Pam Brooke. And I'm Casey. And, and this, this is Straight Up. Up. Episode one. What we're talking about today is siblings and what that looks and feels like in the system. In my time advocating in the system and working and living in it, I've heard a lot about the disconnections from people and their siblings. So as a collective, we've had yarns with our services and we collaborated with DCP about what they think they're doing right to reconnect. But I've also had yarns with the young people experiencing what it's like to have a sibling or siblings in care and the real raw, relatable conversations for others in the same position. We've had some focus groups about the issues that they are facing, and these are the topics that have been the common answers. Lacking contact with siblings, not knowing where their siblings are or if they have any, and when they will ever see them again. As a group, we have caught up and had a chat about what it is like to be in care and have siblings. Straight Up focuses on solution-based outcomes. With many life experiences, the outcomes still seem to be the same, lacking connection and contact with family helping to create that stable sibling connection like any other family. The laughter, the fights, the safety of having someone to always be on your side or in your corner, the annoying feeling of being the older or the younger sibling, the good, the bad, and the just okay. The importance of sibling placements and the contact for children and young people in and out of home care. Sibling relationships are important, and whether you live with your brothers or sisters in care, you can talk to your caseworkers and carers and your siblings' carers about how you can be supported to stay in touch with them when you turn 18 years old, especially if you move. So today we are sitting with... Nick, Jasmine, Stephanie, Bree and Colina. What is important about siblings? It's important to keep a connection with your siblings, um, so then you um, grow up and become a team and can support each other. Yeah. Having like a certain bond of um, trust and love between one another. I feel like a place of belonging. So like when you've got siblings, you feel that connection and you feel like you belong with them. Like you've always got someone there. Yeah. Even if you don't talk to them all, there's always one that you're always... Clashing with, yeah. You either clash or you love them. I guess you're always going to have a love-hate relationship with your siblings. You'll do anything to, you know, get on the nerves and then not get on the nerves. But I guess the best thing about having someone there is they understand you um, and they'll be there through thick and thin. Yeah. With me as well, like I honestly think sibling connection is very important because I was a role model for all of my younger siblings. Um, They're in WA, so having that disconnection was really hard, but to still have seven siblings look back up like to you as a role model, even though you're not present in their life, is something really important, you know. And sibling connections is all about the good, bad, the ugly, you know, and that's in normal life as well. So Certainly, being the older brother, I get that feeling of where my younger brother sometimes just sees the really try and get on my nerves, but I still love him. I still want to see him happy. So the feeling of having that person to look after. Yeah, it's wanting the best for your siblings, even if you don't have it. And I yeah. think that's one thing about being in care as well. Like you always want the best for your siblings. You want them to be safe. You want them to be happy. You want them to be healthy. You want connection with that. But in DCPs, kind of hard to find that connection because you don't really know the placement of all your siblings or where especially they are. if they're not with you like so when I was in care it was some of us in one home some of them in another but you're always worried about the ones that aren't with you more than the ones that are with you yeah and then being as you said Brooke as the oldest you like want to protect them but you also want to be a role model so you're like we'll do it do stuff and then you're like oh crap they're gonna copy me 
yeah. been saying that too, like they're also your motivation to do better, like, oh, they're watching what I'm doing, so I've got to do something better to... A hundred percent. Like our siblings are our biggest supporters, but sometimes they can be our biggest haters as well. Yeah. So the next question that we've got to have a chat about is how is having siblings in care different from being in a divorced or separated family? <clears throat> what do you notice that's different that from other people's experiences that you've had a chat to and things like that? Having to like book in a time to see your siblings and usually it's in a DCP office. Or the local Maccas. They yeah, get to see their siblings. At least they get to go and spend time with their siblings. They're not in a different home even though they got two different parents most of the time they're still at one parent's house the access having people write about what's going on when you do see your siblings or it's in an hour lot visit depending if the workers all tee that up right then you get that 60 minutes if not you get 35 40 sometimes 15 sometimes 10 yeah exactly right um the difference in that for me personally is having the whole dcp and government's eyes on you i think that's the thing compared to divorce parents you can get away with I, I know for a fact my my friends personally have gotten away with either either um, rules and breaking the rules and stuff like that in their homes because they live in separate homes. So it's two different homes, two different rules, two different everything. Whereas in care and being separated and having a family like that, it's so many different homes, so many different people, so many different organisations mm-hmm. involved. I said end rules. Like, and so rules. the fact yeah. that they're in all different homes, there's different rules. So like you can be in your placement and you've got one rule. Yeah. You go to another placement, it's a different rule. Like and each worker has their own rules as well. So like it depends on the shifts as well. Yeah. One of the biggest things um that I would say that um shines a light of the differences is um if you don't have a sister or brother that um lived in the same or lived in care. It's the knowing of not knowing. They don't understand your life because they never lived it. Um, they have grown up a whole completely different way um, and trying to understand someone else's life is a bit hard because you simply just don't know. And that's what I struggle to time to time um, in life um, and I still will because not many um, of my sisters um, grew up like me. So... Yeah, that would be a big difference. And with the difference between divorced and separated parents, you don't have the government controlling your every move, like when and where you can see them, when you can't see them and then the multiple excuses, whereas if it's just like family or whatever that's got the ball in their court, they're more lenient and stuff and you're not watched through a glass window. Yeah. It's the kind of institution feel and I think that's the difference between divorced and separated parents that's still a family dynamic whereas ours is very much an institutionalized uh, institutionalized view you know we have to see them on their terms on dcp's terms through this hoop through that hoop and then you and then it may even be forced do you know what i mean like sometimes it's forced sometimes it's not and it's it's yeah it's a very clunky system mm-hmm. compared to just being divorced you know you have that freedom of being able to still you have your own right autonomy yeah right so that's your right to take in from you once you go under the guardianship yeah so tell me what you think 
how how that impacts all the kids that are in cares when they get to either see their siblings or they don't get to see their siblings frequently well when there's you don't see them often enough and especially if you can say you're two different styles of care like me i was resi my brother was still in kinship there's that bit of that growth difference where i grew up very quickly but my brother is still growing up a little bit so there's that to this day there's that i i wouldn't call it clashing but there's that different perception where i do a lot of like very adult things now my brother is still doing a few things so growing up in different environments with different people around you yeah really and then without that constant you just drift a bit and then um you don't really have a bond anymore when i'm allowed to see my siblings it's great but also you're kind of learning who they are every time you see them but when I don't see them I get worried but when it comes to like birthdays and Christmas I don't know where to get them because I don't spend enough time with them to know what they like because every time I see them they're a new person. It's like getting to know a stranger every time you have to see your siblings because you don't get to spend enough time with them. Yeah like so I was originally in kinship care with my siblings and then I got moved to residential care. And just the way that we lived was so different. Like, you know, they obviously still had that family dynamic where I was having these strangers come in and out every eight hours. You know, I was meeting a new person every day. It was crazy. And, you know, I haven't seen my siblings in almost three years. And I think, like, they just feel like I've abandoned them because we haven't been able to, like, talk or see each other. And then it make like it mentally strains you too when you can't yeah. see your siblings because you don't want them to feel like you've abandoned them or you've given up. But then in the same time, like a lot of the DCP workers don't actually communicate that with your siblings either. It's left to you, but you can't communicate because you're not allowed to. Yeah, like we saw, we went from going like seeing each other every day for fifteen years to not seeing each other. Not seeing each other. Yeah, it breaks bonds and stuff and as Nick was saying like you know and you like kinship care resi care completely different like you're meeting new people then you're living with other kids and then you're like exposed to more traumatic stuff and just everything else like whereas when you're in a family it's kind of like you know you feel comfortable and stuff when you're in resi care you're like always unsettled because you don't know what's going to happen or who's going to come in the door next or anything like that yeah the impacts, yeah, it's completely different for um, my family as well because I had seven siblings in Western Australia. I had one sibling here who was in kinship care. So it somewhat caused resentment as well because I was like, why are you with Nan and I'm not, you know? Like it caused that kind of um, drift in relationship as well as not understanding as well as I was young, you know, I was a kid still. So like understanding that from a kid perspective and my sister had a disability. So I was like, oh yeah, her needs are really hard to meet, but you're still doing it. Why can't you meet my needs that are very simple? Why am I? Why am I? Yeah. In this many homes, why am I doing counseling? Why am I doing this, that, the other? Why do I have to do access? Whereas my sister had the privilege of being able to be with her family and see um, my nan whenever she wanted to you know wasn't those kind of terms and conditions um, but the impact of seeing them and not seeing them it's as as you said Steph like when it comes to 
building that relationship and that rapport and that connection. I don't know what to get any of my nine siblings for Christmas other than just shoes, like, because I'm like, everybody loves shoes, you know? Um, so yeah, when it comes... to shoes. Yeah, shoes I'll give them shoes. And that's and that's it. Just like no it's TNs. No TNs. <laughs> and that's it. Like, when it comes to it all, it's building that relationship and rapport and it's behind either supervision or you're doing it on your own terms and it feels wrong because you're on NPR if you go back to your family and you're not meant to see them. So there's rules and regulations in it all, which is hard to navigate and as a kid you think it's all against you whereas the social workers don't explain that it's a whole different ball game like I don't I'm not too sure the social workers don't really give you enough information so you kind of formulate a narrative in your head or my sister or my siblings they hate me my other family hate me I'm a naughty kid this that the other so it kind of builds your identity into thinking that you are a trouble kid and that's the reason you're in care for me personally and then sometimes that leads to like mental health or drug abuse or just stuff like that because you think like well how they don't love me i'll do this and see if i can get their attention this any way. attentions or, good attention know, and yeah care. And, I- and because when you're not with your family you feel like you're excluded and then when you've got family that are st- like siblings that are with your family you're like oh well they love them more so they don't worry care about me i'll just go and do this and exactly right and it formulates that like um debilitating kind of lifestyle and that's what happens and like I've seen it happen with many of us us kids in care and residential care is very renowned for that because at the end of the day you've got eight eight people in a house sometimes only six or four depending on how big the home is eight different um sorry yeah eight different staff Usually, so they've usually got three different shifts morning, afternoon, then night. Yeah, three different shifts, eight hours of rotational staff, and that in itself gives you trauma. That in itself is not consistent. That in itself is not the kind of structures that, like, you need to be able to be in, I don't know, an outstanding citizen or a normal citizen or normal person in society. That gives you, like, in resi homes, you don't get to see your siblings. I remember us mob just being on the phone to our our siblings and they wouldn't ever drive us to go visit them or it was just too complex for the staff and here's a bus ticket yeah here's a bus ticket on your merry way if you want to go and then within 24 hours you're on npr because you've been missing for that long you know um so that's what the impact is you know it gives you a track record with the police if you don't get to see them and you have to see them on your own accord gives you that name in the system of you being a naughty kid it gives you that kind of I don't know, it, it, it's, it's debilitating. It's not. And today, sorry, like kids in DCP, as soon as they go missing, they get put up on Facebook <laughs> and then they're out in the shops and they're like, oh, that's that kid, you know, and then they're like, oh, my God, I can't even go shop. So then they end up hibernating and then that leads to mental health and stuff too. Mm. Um, just to add on, like, I only lived five minutes away from my siblings. Like, I knew where they lived because I'd just come from that house. Exactly. But I was told that if I went there... The police would be called. And how's that a normal sibling dynamic? How's that a family dynamic? How's that making people feel safe? And yeah. that's the Department of Child Protection. It's like if your ki- siblings aren't in care or they are in a like in kinship or something, they can have their friends over and stuff, and then they can call that place home. If you're in a resi care, you're not having friends over, and that ain't no home. Mm. You also don't want to invite your siblings over. Uh, you can't. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, he turned up. Cops are called. Exactly. They were taken away in the bus. Exactly. Just passing. Yeah. Takes away from 
you're being a home it's not a home it's not a home you can't have friends you can't have family you can't have nothing whereas they have all that so and then they wondered why chairs were thrown through windows yeah I had a friend pick me up but she waited at the end of the street but her mum like drove down the road because she could see that I was walking out and she stopped like at the front of the house and I remember like going home that day well back to the placement and being told off for that because yeah. they were trying to say that I gave out the address. And I was like, I just gave her the street name. Like you said, I was allowed to. Yeah. She's the one that drove down the street and yeah. saw what house I was walking out Yeah, of. exactly. You know, it was like a 40-degree day. Thanks for listening. Till next time, you mob. Straight Up is a part of GOM Central Project. You can find out more about GOM Central by visiting the gomcentral.elmplace.org.au or join us on Facebook. GOM Central is delivered by Postcare Support Services and funded by the Department of Child Protection. If you have left care or are about to leave care and are struggling with any issues, get in touch with Postcare Support Services on 1800 188 118. Your hosts are Brooke Oliver and Casey. This podcast was created on Ghana country. We wish to acknowledge the Ghana people and all of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians, a spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, economic connection with the land and seas. Big thank you to all these strong young people coming in and sharing their experiences, creating a better future for the next generation and to help educate workers and carers and so many more. It's important to get these voices heard and things changed for a more normal experience in the future for people in care.